Season 2 continues. We're here with another episode for Coop Encounters Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Cooperman. And yesterday I got to talk with a friend of mine. His name's Dr. Ajay Eislin. He's a chiropractor based out of Portland, Oregon, just outside of Portland. Um, we decided that we wanted to talk about what it's like to leave the practices that we were in prior to opening up our own businesses. And something that we didn't touch on, which I, I wish we kind of did, was taking up the topic of keeping our overhead low. So for the students out there or people contemplating whether or not they should go into a uh, practice or open up their own business, you know, we, we were methodically thinking about that before we went to open and wanted to make sure that we kept our overhead low so that we could continue to grow at a much easier pace. And, you know, it, it seemed like it worked out for ourselves and a lot of close friends of ours that decided to take that route in order to thrive in business and really just enjoy that process. So I wish we had t- touched on that a tad bit more, but maybe we'll come back and uh, get a big powwow of people who have experienced this and let us all touch on how that how that's helped us in the long run. Anyhow, Ajay's a really funny dude. He's a good guy. Um, and, you know, I was happy to sit down and catch up with him. And uh, I think he's doing amazing things in, in Portland and, you know, working with the Lululemon crew, working with all the CrossFit gyms out there. And he's just he's just been crushing it. So without further ado, Ajay Islin, here we go. Icebreakers are something that really make the flow happen. Cool. Two questions, and they actually have a lot to do with each other. Crunchy peanut butter or smooth? Crunchy. Why? Smooth is a little bit odd, and I like the crunch to offset the softness of the bread. Wow, okay. I like that. Now, this one is a very important question. We've been tackling this in the gym here for quite some time. Toasted or untoasted peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Toasted. What is wrong with you? Dude, it melts out jelly and peanut butter, breaks down the... That's disgusting. Oh, it just melts. Jelly pops out the side. <laughs> but then your jelly's hot. Like a muffin top? Only if you're <laughs> really dis- cramming that thing together. I mean, I, I think that's gross. I think only heathens do such a thing to a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Warm that shit. Dude, have you had a toasted uh, peanut butter and jelly? A toasted? You, with uh, like like grilled cheese style. You cook it in a pan? No, I would never do that. That's good. Oh, just, don't give people ideas. I'm going to probably edit this out. <laughs> no one needs to do that to their taste buds. Oh, boy. All right, Ajay, give, uh, give yourself an intro. Let people know uh, who you are, how we know each other. You know, I'll give that part. We went to school together. Ajay and I, we played a lot of table tennis. Lots of it. Lots of it. Um, but yeah, give them a little bit of information about yourself. Yeah, so uh, Dr. Ajay Eislin, I uh, practice just outside of Portland, Oregon, specialize in sports medicine, barbell athletes, and uh, starting to specialize more in runners, actually. Just being next to Nike, there's a lot of those type of patients coming through the door, so... Cool. Focus on those things with uh, a lot of soft tissue and rehabilitative care. Nice. Um, and you're out in Portland, yeah? Yep, just 
about 20 minutes outside. Okay. And so you started off similar to me. Well, I mean, we were both working for somebody and we just both said, fuck it. We've had enough of this. And I'm pretty sure I made the move right before you decided to leave your clinic because you were in Arizona visiting and you're like, I'm about to do this. Um, right. I'm pretty sure that's what was happening or you were just transitioning. I can't remember. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. We met up and uh, I think it was October or so in 18 and you had just got going and I was ready to tell my boss we're quitting. Yeah. So take us through what that transition was like, you know, even the fact like start, start at that point where you were like, I'm, I'm about to make this decision to leave. How was it telling that doc, um, you know, that you're, that you're out? Yeah, it was tough. I had been at that clinic since we graduated from school, did my internship, worked there for about three years after that. And so, um, got to know the patients well, the staff himself, the other doctor, um, and my wife was working there too. So it was both of us that were leaving. Um, and it was just hard because we had a friendship, but we had to do what was best for us. So I just kind of went through and did as much as I could without advertising that I was going to be leaving or starting another clinic. I mm-hmm. uh, got the Instagram kind of up and running without making it go live, have the website going. Um, but everything was set to go, just had to hit start and it was ready. But I didn't want to do anything to violate my contract or um, lead him on to me leaving before I had the conversation. Yeah. So was it was it hard for you to sit down and tell him like, hey, man, thank you for everything you've taught me and everything we've learned together. But I think it's that time that I, I really need to start focusing on myself and I can't do that here anymore. Yeah, that's exactly you and I talked about that. And you talked to me about what you said to the doctor you're working for. And I really took that to heart because it gave me some good insight and just went to him and said, here, it's business, right? Like, it's not, I'm not leaving because I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I just want to do things a little differently and uh, have a little more freedom that we all want. That's why we go to school is to be our own boss eventually. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah, some people get comfortable and being okay with like, yeah, I would like to work for someone. I would like to be an employee or an associate. And it's a comfortable place to be. But I think a, a lot of us that went to school together at the same time, we're all kind of that lone wolf style. Like we just want a little bit more out of not just from like a treatment standpoint, but from like ownership standpoint. I thought that the, a lot of people we went to school with were a lot like that, uh, a little more driven to do more, not just be someone that is treating all the time, but someone that's a little more active in the community for other things. Like, you know, you're talking about the running community and the lifting community and spreading your wings a lot broader and having it be more of yours like your baby in your business versus someone else and you're creating that for them um so that that was something that i took to heart when i left i was like man it's a bummer i'm leaving all that behind but still i know that when i get to that point it'll it'll all be what i built again so um it's it's pretty admirable to take that leap of faith because i know that feeling it's a shitty feeling it's like it's like the one of the worst breakups of your life telling that person like 
dude, I'm, I'm leaving. I, I, I remember the docs I was working for, they were pretty, you know, shocked that I laid it on them that like, hey, I'm going to be moving. And I, I did it a little bit, I think, different by saying I'm going to be moving in four weeks. I gave them four weeks of time. I didn't let them know I was contemplating anything. I just said it's going to happen. And I think that when you do decide to leave a practice when you've been working for somebody, you have to have that game plan set in place already, knowing that you know your license is good to go. You have a place that's already picked out. You already have the inf- the financials in order. Whether you're going to about to go broke, which I, was my case, you know, I literally spent every last penny I had just to buy my table, get my computer, all the little details, pay for a month of rent. Um, but it, when I knew, I was like, all right, I'm there. That's when I sat down and told them, and I gave them a good amount of time. You know, I think four to six weeks was perfect. Yeah, were you able to finish that time when you gave them your notice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went all the way up until I moved. The the day okay, I, I moved, the my last day in Sacramento was October 3rd. That's when we moved that morning. Um, on October 2nd, I worked. Oh, wow. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I was cut short about two weeks. Yeah. Um, and I volunteered. You know, I said, hey, we're... We're leaving, but to honor my contract of 30 days after Christmas, I'll come back. Mm-hmm. But you said, no, you know, when you go to Christmas, we'll transition everyone over. Okay. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah. it just depends. I mean, it's like, put yourself in his shoes. It's like, it's almost like you kind of oh, need absolutely. to, you kind of need to wipe your hands clean and make things happen. Like right now, kind of like how you make your business happen. Like right now, I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, for the docs I was with, you know, they're, they kind of leaned on me a little bit in regards to taking care of a gigantic patient load. So I think that that's why they were like really happy that I could continue till the day I left because they even kept trying to have me fly back to help them. Oh, which I wasn't willing to do. So yeah. Um, yeah. So you opened up in a gym. Yep. We opened up in a gym similar to you, another CrossFit gym. Okay. Talk about that. I think it's, I think it's really cool the, the way to transition from like that classic office setting and really just hone in, especially since you're working with barbell athletes in a CrossFit setting um, and you have the active community that you're working with. I think it only makes sense to be either right next door or inside a gym personally. Um, and you create such a good relationship with those people. So how did you create the relationship with the CrossFit gym you're in? Yeah, so I was actually turned on to this space because a friend of mine who owns a gym approached me probably the spring before, so maybe seven or eight months before, Mm -hmm. and just said, hey, I have this office in my CrossFit gym. I don't use it. If you ever want to rent it, let me know. Um, And at the time, I wasn't looking to do that, but as soon as he said it, it got kind of the wheels turning. Mm -hmm. Um, So knowing him already gave me uh, a lead into that community because he would just start pushing athletes into the clinic, Um, especially if people were hurt or nagging injuries. He just said, hey, go, you know, no more modifying. Let's get this fixed. Yeah. So that is how we kind of got the lead and started treating patients Mm -hmm. and then just relied heavily on referrals which we still do and people started sending their spouse their friends and co-workers and that's kind of how it just like grew it's awesome and then yeah. you 
you also are pretty active in the community just outside of that. So talk about like, I know you're a Lululemon ambassador. So how did that relationship kind of come about? Like, what did you, what, I know that's like more of like a natural organic growth uh, with them, but talk about that. Yeah, so this happened well before we even thought about leaving and starting your own practice. But I got in touch with the manager of one of the stores near us and started just saying, hey, you know, I really love your brand. I wear it all the time anyways. I'd be interested in uh, the ambassador program. Mm -hmm. And I started doing some things here and there with them, like some running seminars and uh, mobility type things once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that just progressed into being able to become an ambassador. Um, And really that connection has been awesome because it gets me in touch with studio owners on my side of town. So I treat a lot of patients from bar three, Pilates, yoga, um, HIIT training. Portland's like the indoor cycling capital of the world. So see a lot of indoor cyclists. Um, But the community is so small that people come in just because their friends come and see us and they don't necessarily always need care. They're just like, everybody comes and sees you. So mm-hmm. I want to see what's going on here. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's so you've built a really good uh, reputation in other words. Well, yeah, I mean, we give people better. Yeah. Um, and it, it's cool that we know so many people like, Oh, you go here. Do you know this instructor? Yep. I've worked on them before and you know, so on and so forth. And people like that close knit community because they feel um, very taken care of and, especially if I know the instructor that they go see, I can say, hey, I'm going to tell them, here's what we're going to modify a little bit. Don't worry about anything. Yep. Yeah, that's what so. that's what I utilize inside the gym I'm in at Glory Gains. You know, we've got that, the 40 trainers here. So it's uh, whenever I get a referral or someone comes in just on their own and they work out with a trainer, I say, hey, you know, like, let's get with your trainer and let's sit down and I'll chat with them and let them know Here's, here's some mild modifications we're going to make to your training to get you back to your normal training. Yep. And the appreciation of that just like on both ends is, is super important because it's like I'm not telling you to stop training. I'm telling you to just train smarter And so yeah. uh, for how your body's presenting right now. I think that's like such a valuable tool that a lot of people miss. And, uh, and it's like being inside of a gym facility, I think that the trust within that, that, mild, that small community just – it blows up because people end up just loving you. And I think that for some of the, you know, maybe some of the students that listen in to this, it's, it's, it's not one of those things that you're like, Hey, I'm going to go to this CrossFit gym and get patience. You know, like for me, when I was in Sacramento, I went to Rockland CrossFit. Remember, we, I remember when we first started CrossFit at Sundown CrossFit, right? Oh yeah. Like when we were in school and I was new to it and I was like, I've, I just love this style of exercise. I've always been like a high intensity interval kind of guy. And then I can, now I can be competitive with other people around me. It's like fun. And I get to learn new skills. Cool. Um, I get yeah. stronger, even better. So when I was told to go to Rockland, you know, I went in there and the, the day after I moved to Sacramento and just started training, you know, and I showed up, trained every pretty much five, six days a week. And eventually you know, I, I look at the wall and I notice that, man, there's a lot of chiropractor fucking uh, cards on the walls here and massage therapists and PTs. And it's like, wow, crazy. 
didn't really think much of it other than I told myself, I am never going to put my card up in this gym, ever. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm literally going here to train hard and just get my fitness up because I enjoy it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that turned into me gaining a lot more trust with the owners when they found out that I was a chiropractor. And they were like, oh, let's put your card up. And I said, no, nah, I'm good. Um, and then eventually it just turned into, I started seeing like 60, 70% of that gym within a year from that point. Yeah. And it's not just like, hey, I'm here to get patients. It's more of like, I'm here to train. And if patients come to me because they trust me, because I'm a guy that's, you know, putting my best foot forward on a lot of these workouts and moving pretty decently, you know, a lot of times people want to be like the person that they're going to go see like that's like they like that you know um so i don't know and it's just that you're passionate about it and i'm passionate about it too like i love going to crossfit like it's a fun thing for me it's not a task it's not a chore um and i think that sometimes people's intentions might be different because i'll tell you what a lot of times there were chiros that would go into that gym walk right in first thing they would say is i'm a chiropractor x y and z let me do a spinal screening here. Let me do a movement assessment with you guys. Let me do this. Let me do that. And I never I never really asked. And then one day I was asked to do mobility classes. And so it's like and you know I wanted to, but I also yeah. I was I'm patient, you know, and when that happened, it just blew up, you know. It's like I went to every single fucking gym. So I imagine yeah. it's super similar for you. So touch on that stuff. Yeah, so exactly what you said. I find that um People smell somebody trying to sell them something instantly, right? Yeah. And so if you are just doing what they're doing um, or if you don't do what they do but you're just giving them quality care and things that will make them better and they you're genuine, mm-hmm. they'll listen. But they always like being able to work out next to you or see you engage as well. I, get people from other clinics that have seen other doctors that will say, yeah, my chiropractor doesn't know what this move is in bar. And so I haven't had great success, um, you know, resolving this issue. And so what I try to do is as soon as I get somebody from a discipline that I'm not um, aware of or something I'm not comfortable with, Mm -hmm. I either contact the instructor, the owner, uh, or I look up as much as I can so I can figure out what the movement is. Yeah. And then I can fix the movement pattern um, that's the faulty from there. And so I've done mobility for yogi specifically and for bar three. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though neither of those two things are my specialty, mm-hmm. I know enough that I can help somebody with those complaints because I understand the movements versus just guessing 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 yeah no I, that's awesome i think it's i think that's an important thing is like maybe you might not be able to physically get your hands on a lot of people but you'd be able to get out and educate them too right you're giving them extreme value by doing such things when you go and you teach those things and i think that that's always one thing i've really enjoyed doing is just educating and teaching mm-hmm. for two years um I went out to this local running group on Saturdays and just did soft tissue work and then corrective exercise. And a lot of times patients would just, or people would just come and get some work done and never come in. But 
I would see the ones that had repetitive issues and they try to fix it on their own. Mm-hmm. They would come in eventually. Yeah. Just because you're giving knowledge and advice without saying, come see me, I hold the secret. Yep. Um, and I think that goes so much further. I am still happy to talk to anybody about something without you even coming into the office. Yeah. Let's try to fix it on your own. And I'd be patient come in and say, my brother talked to you. He never came in, but um, you helped him with what he had going on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I think that's like, it's the power of people, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And getting, getting, getting a little bit of education out there does the, does the uh, profession a lot of good too, at the same time when you're spreading the word like that. Um, Yeah, man, it's, it's just so, it's so freaking interesting to see that, that ingenuine um, sale. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it makes me uncomfortable. I know it makes other people uncomfortable, but it's like when you're passionate, but not overbearing, right? Yeah. There's a huge difference between going up to somebody and just, you know, puking up information on them, uh, when it's not necessarily wanted or being like, I'm the authority. I know, listen to me because I have doctor in front of my name, you know? Um, but yeah, there's like that. I think that has a lot to do with like the human component of each person because I mean, I don't know about you, but early in my, I feel like early in the career, like the first year, I would try to give a lot of information to patients. And then I realized I'm just being overbearing and just giving them too much. You know, it's like they don't have a background in anatomy, in physiology. Yeah. They don't understand. They just want to know how do, how do I make arm go up higher so I can do snatch? <laughs> right. And it's like, yeah. cool, I'll show you. <laughs> so backing and especially off. Especially I found if you I, I've learned that myself in the rehab I would do. At first I would give like eight exercises per treatment and they'd come back doing a couple, if any. Mm-hmm. So now we just hammer three yep. until they're perfect. Yep. And then we progress. And they're happier because they can understand and movement patterns versus I got to get through all these to feel like I did my homework and that's overwhelming yeah oh yeah oh yeah 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 I had a similar problem at the very beginning I definitely toned back very quickly sometimes it's even just one absolutely if that's all they can handle yeah that's all we do and they want more um just say let's get this right and I'm happy to progress you but we can't go to C before we hit A and B yeah, for sure. Yeah, having a having a good stepping in place, you know, progressions are progressions for a reason. Um, so let me ask you this. Do you mainly see referrals? Is that most of your practice? Or do you do – tell me about marketing because I always like asking other doctors what they're doing. So my, my marketing is – I would say the strongest part that I do for my marketing in quotations is uh, – is just Instagram posts really um, and then some people will repost from there you know so like when I work with the MMA athletes um, they'll make a post and then sometimes I'll get a referral just from that but that's usually yeah. the most extensive thing other than uh, you know in Sacramento I did this a lot more but I haven't done it here as much um, is working events at CrossFit events and so I would I would go to the events in Sacramento but I would also compete in them at the same time a lot of times so it was more of like I would treat and compete it was fun it was very laid back it was very not formal um, 
And so I, that was really a really good way for me to build my practice was doing those events probably like once every couple of months whenever someone would reach out and ask. But that was another thing was like, I, I, only, I never asked, like I would never message and be like, hey, can I, can I work your event, please? My name's yeah. Joe, I'm a chiropractor, I can help. It was always an invitation. And uh, so it was yes. incredibly genuine. It was very organic the way that the, all those things happened. Um, and so I liked, I really liked that part of it. And I, I'm like out here, um, I've, j- I've gotten invited to help in a couple events that are going to be coming up. We'll see if they are canceled or not. But, you know, it's like that was, that's the kind of stuff I wait for. You know, it's like I want that invitation. I do not want to have to like, you know, bend over backwards. I know it's, it's a smart move to reach out and do it, but I'm also, I'm, I like the organic part of it. Um, I don't advertise on Facebook ads or anything like that. Um, I did just come out with my mobility program online. So we'll see cool. if that changes for me in regards to that part of the business. So yeah. I'm, I'm just learning though, because I don't really know anything and I have friends that are helping me, but yeah, not, a, not a whole lot of marketing. It's just word of mouth and Referral, referral, referral. Yeah, we're the same. We uh, like 96% referral, but people will find us through their insurance directory because we do take uh, three insurances. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's rare that that even happens. Um, But like you said, Instagram's our biggest tool. Mm -hmm. We ended up um, hiring somebody that uh, does have a creative mind. And so she does a lot of our uh, photography and posts for us. Cool. And um, we still do stories and a post here and there as well on our own, but it's Instagram. And so um, actually one of our good friends told me something once that I'll never forget, Demir. (laughs) Uh, He said, you know, I'm not a web designer, so I'm not going to spend all this time making something that's okay or subpar when I could just hire somebody to do that. Um, and it saves me time because I'm a practitioner, not that particular. Yeah. Yeah, it's not your craft. So it helps a lot. It's huge. You know, somebody will post what you do and that goes out to so many other people. And word of mouth is the best compliment you can give anyways and referral, you know. Yeah. So if you told me to go see somebody, I'm going to go, see that person over a sign I see on a telephone pole. Yeah, or just like randomly yelping. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like my very first, like, so I, I opened on, what was it, October October 12th, and my very first patient was a Yelp person. <laughs> and it was, it was honestly, it was 45 minutes after I activated my Yelp uh, for, oh, for wow. Scottsdale. And I was like blown away. I was super blown away because I've been got I've been getting Yelp calls for so long, and I was always like, I'm never gonna do that. And it really just shifted my head. I was like, Oh crap, maybe I should be doing this Yelp thing. Uh, maybe people in Arizona work differently. And uh, and then I was like, Yeah, no, not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> they want your money. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good with uh, word of mouth, mom pop stuff. Send your friends and family. It's and plus it's like. I don't know. I think that it creates a better relationship between the that whole classic doctor-patient relationship. You should be this, you and they should be that. It's like, man, I'm yeah. I'm not like that as a person. You know, I'm 
I'm normal. I like to make friends. I'm talkative. You know, like I, I don't know what the conversations are when you have patients in. It, I touch on a lot of education, but at the same time, I still like. I want to know how their day is, and I want to know like, oh, what are you you gonna do something cool? Like, hey, I'm gonna go out for dinner this weekend. Where should I take my fiance? You know, give me some yeah. ideas. Yeah, exactly what we need to, and that's why we like the referral because it already can make makes connections that are points to talk about, mm-hmm. and it builds in um, that patient comfort zone. Yep, and they already feel connected to you without even stepping into your office before because you treat people they know. Yeah. Um, but I think those barriers of like the doctor only talking about their condition and how they get them better, but leaving building and scheduling to the receptionist is going out. Yeah. We do everything. We take payment. We send statements. We schedule. We don't have anybody. My wife does all the billing. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem telling patients, hey, listen, this is a standing balance. It's because of this. Um, that way there's no surprises either. Yeah. And it just breaks down another barrier of them feeling uncomfortable or resentful about something because yeah. we're just open from the beginning. No, it's super important. You got to establish, you know, like, you know, like, yeah, eventually people do. You have to pay for a service, you know? Right. Yeah. So like you're going to go get your haircut and then be like, well, have a good one. It's like, well, pay the person on your way out or pay me, you know? Or negotiate the price. Yeah. What do you mean it's $45? <laughs> I only got frosted so, tips. <laughs> and I brought my own frost. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Oh, no. I think, I think that's it. I just think that the um, idea, too, of treating the people in the group that you're connected will keep you busy, but you don't have to treat everybody and allows you to give these longer treatments. Mm-hmm. I love uh, the 30 minute treatment, follow up treatments with uh, our new patient exam. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I'll ever veer from because I don't need to see everybody, but I just want to treat the people that fit best into our model that are active, want to get better. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes people ask me, oh, do you treat this condition or this or, you know, my brother sits at his desk all day? And of course I'll treat anybody, but we don't have a massage therapist in our office. So there's things that already weed people out. If you don't want taking your, um, it's a two-way road. I can do as much as, I can do, but if you're not doing your home care, then we're not going to get you where we need to be in the time that we think is appropriate. Yeah. Um, so that automatically brings in the type of people that we enjoy treating. Yeah, that creates an inclusion criteria for your typical patient. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a very important thing to touch on. Yeah, and it's like I I I struggled with that when I was in Sacramento a little bit. You know, because I would treat a lot of people that were inactive, but I, w- I would say maybe like probably about 70 to 80% of my patients were um, either CrossFitters, Olympic weightlifters, or something involved with like athletics, um, but or they were very active people um, in the gym setting. And then I get that small percentage that weren't because they were like kind of like carryover from the practice. 
that I would just end up seeing. And it was really challenging to get those people well when they're just not motivated to do the things that I recommended because they just really didn't care. They just wanted the passive care, just make some pops and stretch me out, make me feel good for like, you know, 24 hours and then I'll just come back in. And, uh, but I would all, I would talk to them about that stuff and eventually it would turn into this like small molding of, I'm going to get you to start walking a little more routinely. Um, it's like, and then I'm going to get you to start drinking a tad bit more water. And then I'm going to get you with a personal trainer and you're going to meet him and you're going to love him or her and boom, now you are in the category that I'm really happy with and I get to see you be happier with the way that you've chosen to live your life a little less stress and a little more physical. Yeah, I, that's exactly it. Little changes sometimes because some people can handle a lot, but a lot of times flipping someone's world is pretty tough for them and they'll almost shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a trust level. Once they get to know you after a few treatments, mm-hmm. they're more inclined to do what you say and take advice that makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. Especially if they're seeing some progress with the manual care you're doing. For sure. Like, wow, I can get even better. I'm going to listen to this guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's what, and I, I really enjoyed that process. I think that's a, that's a tough process to be in cause it's frustrating because you're trying because you want what's best for someone in front of you and they're just not willing and it's like pulling teeth you know or like beating a dead horse but you hit it hard enough eventually it wakes up and gets up and moves <laughs> yeah or you know i think um they'll find somebody else that treats them how they want to be treated yep you know they'll go to the clinic that um is happy to just do a quick adjustment send them off to massage or put stem on yep. and that's great like i'm glad that they're finding what they want um but also it's just because you're in practice doesn't mean you have to treat everybody. You can really design it to treat the type of patients that do best in your system and that you enjoy treating. That's why it's fun to go to work every day. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, I got a fun question and close this out for you. Best thing that's happened in your career so far, biggest mistake. You can start with biggest mistake. That's tough. Honestly, I think the biggest mistake I've made so far is uh, signing a three-year contract um, at the first clinic that I worked at that we left when we started Mm -hmm. our practice. I was really worried about an income after school, Mm -hmm. and uh, he did three-year contracts, and I really liked being there, and I was like, sure, let's do it, but then... As I got one year in, two years in, I wanted things to change. Uh, he goes, nope, sorry, we have to go by the contract. Mm-hmm. So if signing a long contract with room for negotiation every year or something was probably my biggest thing that I did that I would regret and would go back and change. Yeah. And then how about uh, the complete opposite? Leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Starting on your own. <laughs> shit we bought a house the day before we quit and so uh we quit and said we don't have a dollar left because we put it into the clinic Mm -hmm. and i think that also made us successful because you have to grind you can't walk into something that people aren't going to be sitting there waiting for you to treat them and give you money you have to earn every single treatment yep um which is like think why so many of these practices 
practices that start in the gym do so well because the people that start it have that grind and mentality to grow. Yeah, I think that's uh, something we that we missed is just because you open in a gym does not mean that the people inside the gym will come see you. It does not work that way. You literally but, need to create that trust and people need to see that you know other people are coming out it's like it's a slow a very slow build up but once it gets there it just takes off um yeah especially if like you said if you're doing the right things mm-hmm. people will see improvement and gyms are like small high schools right like everybody talks yeah and everybody that's there's been there much longer so making sure that you're treating them how they need to be treated to get positive outcomes because they'll tell everybody they work out with. Yeah. Either way, good or bad. Yep, good or bad. Yeah, that's the truth. All right, Ajay, uh, how do people find you? So uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, the name of my clinic is Momentum Chiropractic. So our handle is Momentum Chiro PDX. Uh, and then I'm on Instagram as well myself, The Real Ajay Island. Ooh. Do you have the blue well, check? Well, there's imposters out there, too. Yeah, I know. Do you have the blue check with that thing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Certified. Yeah, he just applied last week. <laughs> I mean, shoot, you're a Lululemon ambassador. Give me that blue check, girl. <laughs> Shouldn't come automatically with it. It really should. doesn't. <laughs> it really should. All right, dude. Thank you for doing this with me. I appreciate cool, it. Cool, man. Thanks for having me on there. Yeah, of course. We'll chat soon. All right, buddy.